Oh, actually, hold on. Let me unplug my fridge. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. So I feel like I need to reveal something to all of our friends here about you. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, I know exactly what this is. I know exactly what you're about to say, and I'm already embarrassed. No, no. I will tell everyone what it is, but I have to like pull back a little bit and remind everyone that like Tara and I are very, very similar. And that's why we started doing this is like we are like soulmates who like every part of our life just felt like it was like parallels. Like I can't even name the amount of things it felt like we had in common. Oh my like God. even down to that one day where like we both texted each other that we had started whole thirty earlier yeah, that day. That was wild. To that me. was that was weird. And there are so many things that just we just have in common. How did it take us this long to meet? Truly. And also for those of you who are listening, Haley and I have never met in person. Never met. I've never physically hugged Haley, and that to me is so weird. What's weirdest though is we're the same height. And are we really? You're five three. Five three. I think of you as being very tall. I know, which is so funny. <laughs> Uh, which neither of us are very dull at all. No, I'm a short little thing. A little short. So there's just so, so many things about us that are similar. Until I got a text from Tara the other day uh, that I'm going to read to you all now. If you follow me on Instagram, you've already seen it. It was at 8.50 p.m. on Tuesday. I just want to start this out by saying <laughs> I was playing trivia and I kind of cheated. Uh, did I help you win trivia? You did not because you did not respond in a timely fashion. And I oh. do not oh, I do not blame you for that. But Oh, sorry. That's okay. 19 minutes after you texted me. I texted you and my friend Liz in like a just a shot in the dark. I was like, if either one of them respond in the next 30 seconds, then maybe we can get this. And... We couldn't, but it's okay. That's what I get for trying to cheat, but go yeah. ahead. Tell the world. Wow. Yeah. That's another thing that we differ on is that I'm a terrible texter, but 19 minutes. That's pretty, that's pretty Actually, quick that's for pretty, me. That's pretty great for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is what the text said. It said, what's that very long song Taylor released this last year? The 10 minute version. Yep. Couldn't think of it. Could not think of it at all. I just can't imagine a world where someone's life on November 12th, 2021 wasn't just like altered because I... I personally have Taylor Swift stamped on my soul, like property of Taylor Swift, property of T.A. Swift on my soul. It was just so surprising to me that her most popular song, seemingly, escaped your mind. Yep. Had no idea. And then when it came up, I was like, fuck, I knew that. I knew it because everybody was talking about it. But it's interesting. I love Taylor Swift. I'm just not a Swifty. Yeah. I love her music. 1989 was like my soundtrack when I moved to New York because I moved to New York in 2014. Yeah. And so I would listen to that as I walked the streets of New York when I was an itty bitty. And then uh, when Folklore came out during COVID, I was very, that was also yeah a little bit of a COVID soundtrack. So you're you're not a Swifty. I'm not a Swifty, but I do appreciate her music. I do, yeah. the, I it's nostalgic for me in some capacities. And of course, when I was in high school, I loved like Love Story and, and all of like the early classics of Taylor. Taylor, but it's not my number one go-to that's and fair. I know that's how much you love her but that's the one thing yeah. that I'd say we are not on opposite ends of the spectrum from yeah. it's not like I hate her we're just on different parts of the spectrum I'm on yes the, more of like the very very end yes and I'm in the middle <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fair. Uh, I hope that people don't hate me after this. <laughs> when I put it on my Instagram story, I said, clap if you think she should suffer. <laughs> Every Everyone said you should suffer. I want you all to know I did because we did not get that point because um, I tried to cheat and that's my karma. I'm, I'm sorry that you did not get that. Not because I didn't answer you, but because you should have known. I know. 
<laughs> and I've learned my um, lesson. I'll never forget. I don't know if you have seen this, but like on Spotify, you can like see on the back end of what the top artists are of our listeners, like of our followers. Really? And the top artist of our followers is Taylor Swift. Of course it is. Taylor Swift's lyrics and her music is so applicable to Gilmore Girls. Like yeah. when you have quoted her lyrics in the past, I'm like, oh, damn, that hits deep for like this situation because her lyrics are so play- like they're so palatable to yeah. like life relationships and situations that we see in our own lives but also reflected in the characters of Gilmore Girls because they're very real people and in my DMs everyone was like I've never met like a Gilmore Girls fan who wasn't a Swifty but I was like you know they're out there they exist and you've got one sitting right here they're not an endangered species (laughs) again it's not that I don't like her I don't know how I would feel about continuing this if you were like I just don't like Taylor Swift well we wouldn't be able to do it I think that'd be the deal breaker. Irreconcilable differences. What yeah. is it that um, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow did? Conscious uncoupling. That's what we would be doing here. <laughs> Sweet. What's conscious uncoupling? Just like basically like breaking up on purpose, but like very amicably. Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow did it very publicly when they ended their marriage. Oh. Conscious uncoupling. Okay. Just a new way to say we're breaking up, but we're Got s- it. we're going to keep it nice for the kids. <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's nice. All right. Well, that's yeah. good to know. Keep it in the back pocket for another time that we might disagree on <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's I feel like it's like rare that like I kind of like love when I find things that we are not not that we don't vibe on but like just like very like distinct differences and the things that we do and do not like and the things we appreciate because everything else about us just feels like we were leading parallel lives up until the moment that we met. Yeah, definitely. Till our stars crossed. And it's interesting because like even on things that we disagree on, we never disagree on them fully. It's not like yeah, like you said, opposite ends of the spectrum. Like you are team Logan I'm a team Jess girl but we both low-key love the people whose teams yeah. the other one is on yeah <laughs> Haley sent me a Marco Polo today that I absolutely want to post to our story that was essentially like oh, I'm a team Logan girly but like every time that Jess walks in, in the revival <laughs> I'm like how did you let this man be your ex-boyfriend and I'm like yeah I'm saying but listen yeah. Matt Zuckery walks in and I'm like hello daddy I watched the resident but not for the plot line <laughs> So that's what I love most about the things that we like, quote unquote, disagree on is that like, it's never, it's never a a wide enough spectrum to be like, wow, we really are never going to agree on this. Yeah. We're always in line. There has to be something. You want to find it? Yeah. You want to (laughs) fight? Yeah. Okay. Duly noted. (laughs) I just stuck my fists up at Tara, but you could see it. (laughs) All the way from Georgia. But no, I just want to know. Like, I want to know what we would, like, ultimately, like, what would be our, like, fatal flaw as a a couple of people. I was about to say a couple. We'll find out and get back to all of you. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll keep you updated on what we find out about the two of us. (laughs) Can't wait. So let's get into that. I want to talk about, especially because you are like the parallel queen on TikTok. Is that like the ice cream queen? Yes, you are the ice <laughs> cream queen. Throne? You do. You get a picture of yourself, a really awkward picture of yourself posted oh, all over town. <laughs> and you have really built your TikTok following on pointing out parallels within the confines of this series. Yes. So talk to me about that. You, uh, what was like, what was your first parallel that you really brought to the attention of? the fandom right so there were a lot that I've like noticed over the years but the first one that I posted was like one that I had realized in that moment while I was watching it because I feel like in order to talk about how I noticed it I have to admit to how like I usually watch Gilmore Girls which is like I like continuously press like the pause play button so that 
it's just like going like stop motion through the episode because I like to watch like the blocking what's going on in the background like why they set up a shot like that like or like if a shot looks weird or like the angle of it's odd I'll like go through it a couple of times and like watch it literally like it's stop motion which is maybe a touch obsessive but it's just you know that's how I like to enjoy this show and so I was doing that with the party's over Mm. when Rory and Logan are standing outside of Richard and Emily's house in season five after Dean has left and it was Logan standing over Rory's left shoulder and I kept like doing like the pause play pause play through this scene trying to figure out what about it I was like this scene looks so familiar like it's so weird like how this is set up why is this set up like this and I had this light bulb moment of like the episode previously is Rory and Logan standing that exact same like setup like they're blocked in the same way for the scene in you jump I jump Jack of Logan standing over Rory's left shoulder giving her this speech about like come with me to jump off the scaffolding like trying to convince her to come jump off the edge with him Mm. and then in the next episode we have Logan standing next to Rory over her left shoulder kind of pulling her back from the edge being like everything's gonna be okay and it was just this moment of like I don't know what truth there is like if they really did this on purpose like in two back-to-back episodes of having Rory and Logan stand in the exact same place with this like kind of like grand gesture that he's trying to pull her into of like this big moment and then have them in the exact same setting for this really quiet intimate moment between the two of them Mm. both with a lot of other people around and that was like the first one that I posted and it was one of my first TikToks that kind of took off and I was really proud of it and a lot of people took to it and I started making more off of that one because people seemed really interested and wanting to hear more parallels that I had to talk about but that was the first one I was totally invested I was like I just watched this show because it's my comfort food I didn't like (laughs) think about the serious depths that it went yeah. to even as a writer and I think that that is a like that is attributed to Amy Sherman Palladino's creativity yeah you know, I I do think that she really built a lot of parallels and full circle moments to be interwoven within the show yeah. for us to notice um, yeah. and I love that one because I never thought about it and I don't know if it's true you know like I don't know if that's really what they did but it really feels like it yeah. you know yeah it felt intentional yeah it felt intentional like if I can see this happen happening kind of a little bit like when you read a book and then an author tries to explain something that you felt or that you took from it and it's like no this is what I saw in this moment of like this is very clear to me but I really loved that one but also simultaneously subtle like yeah this is what I drew from it but it was so subtle and that was why I think your TikTok took off and then subsequently your TikTok account has taken off is because you noticed the subtleties that I don't think I know that I haven't noticed um and it's because I watch it in that like psycho serial killer like pause play way yeah thank you for telling us all of your secrets (laughs) I then started watching the show in a very different light. I didn't start watching it in stop motion, uh, but maybe I will now. (laughs) Who's to say? It's really delightful. I started to recognize parallels that I had noticed, of course, like watching the show as many times as I have and for as long as I have, but not noticing that they were intentional or callbacks. Like, for example, one of my favorites is when in Cinnamon's Wake season one, episode five, when Max and Lorelai decide that they're going to go on a date, like they're going to maybe explore the possibility of dating. Max Max Medina. Medina. 
Lorelai shows up for like parents' bake sale day. Yeah, and brings Suki along. And brings Suki and she lights the thing, she lights the table on fire and it's a whole big thing. And Max comes up to her and he's like, I really would like to take you on a date. And Lorelai is reluctant, but she says she goes to this coffee shop, you know, when she goes to her business class, it's in Hartford. Which I have to say, this is the moment when I get the ick from Max Medina. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. More to say on that later. Yeah, more to say on Max Medina because, spoiler, Haley is not a Max Medina fan. I think we talked about that in the Galentine's Day episode. Yeah. I just keep casually bringing it up. We should do an episode on it. Yeah, we're going to bring it up as many times as we can before we do an episode just about it, just to remind it. you. Anyway, Ick. so Max Medina asks her to go on a date. She's reluctant. She says, I go every week to this business class and I get a cup of coffee. If I happen to run into somebody at this coffee shop, I would not ignore them. So then we see them at this coffee Sly. shop, right? He's sitting at the counter and then she joins and sits at the counter next to him. And he is essentially convincing her that they should date and then it won't be a big deal um you know the school's not going to frown upon it and so she agrees and when when they have this conversation and they come to an agreement that they're going to start dating max says goodbye lorelei gilmore and he leaves oh he's a firsty lasty Yes, he's a firsty lasty. So then a couple episodes later in Paris is Burning, Lorelai comes to the school once again for Parents Day and she's starting to panic about her relationship with Max because it's going so well and Rory's getting attached to him. So she tries to return the book to him, the Proust book, and she's trying to break up with him. And he's like, no, I don't want to break up. Like, why are you trying to break up with me? And then they kiss, Paris sees it and everybody finds out and it's this whole big thing and then he gets in trouble. But we see them at the same coffee shop. He's sitting there, she comes in, they sit at the exact same stools and he tells her, I don't think that we can do this. And it was so interesting because the way that he sends her off, she says, I really, really like you, Max Medina. And he says, I really, really like you, Lorelai Gilmore. And then he says goodbye and he leaves. So that to me was like kind of a full circle moment. I don't know that I would necessarily call it a parallel, but a full circle moment. It feels like a full circle moment because I I feel like what kind of like differentiates a full circle moment from a parallel is kind of the journey that got there. It's like it often like happens like in the same place or with the same theme in this case in the same place Mm. it's like a same but different vibe of like they're in the same place but everything's different Mm -hmm. or everything between them is the same and they're in different places now and that's kind of what's happening here it's like i I would call that a full circle moment okay so then riddle me this my parallel queen in season four after boom when you know obviously a lot of time has passed she's lorelei is now with jason yeah who i like jason (laughs) okay that's good to know just dropping little tidbits just drop a little tidbits yeah (laughs) more to say Um, later so Lorelai and Jason are together Jason was Richard's partner and this is the episode where you find out that Richard has abandoned Jason and has dissolved their partnership he's gone back to work with Jason's father Jason has no idea what to do and they're sitting at this coffee shop and they're sitting in the same stools that Max and Lorelai sat in together at this same coffee shop and Lorelai's venting to him because she just discovered that Emily and Richard are separated she doesn't know what to do and he sort of hears her out and then he's like I'm suing your father and drops this bomb on her and she's like Jason I can't be with somebody who's suing my family and he doesn't understand do we understand that either (laughs) honestly we have more to say on that we'll save that for the Jason episode but yeah what I love about it is that she gets up and she leaves yeah and that's the end of their relationship and what was interesting to me is that when it happened with Max at that coffee shop we didn't know this at the time if we were watching it in real time but we know later on this is not the end of their relationship 
relationship. They go on right. to date again. They sort of left things hanging in the balance. They go on to yeah. date again. They go on to get engaged and then they break up. Lorelai leaves this time. Max left both times the first time we saw them. The first yeah. little baby full circle moment. This yeah. time Lorelai leaves. And even though we do see Jason again, she clearly was done with the relationship. Yeah. And what's also interesting to me is that Max and Jason are both two characters that the writers really used as mechanisms to keep Luke and Lorelai apart right yeah so would you consider that to be a full circle moment or a parallel um I would say it's the first one like between the two Max moments I would say that's a full circle for like Max and Lorelai throwing in the Jason part of it feels like full circle for just Lorelai and Mm. her storyline because like you said I feel like Max and Jason are like oppositions to Luke they play the conflict in Luke and Lorelai getting together Mm -hmm. whereas Chris not so much Chris is just feels like his own character who has conflict with Luke but like isn't his storyline does not is not so much presented as conflict at least not until season five but for the most part he's a separate character so I would say that that like is probably like a full circle for Lorelai in that sense because like she got left and now she gets to leave Mm. But the thing that I also noticed from that is that they're happening at coffee shops and it's kind of like in this way, like teasing you. She's sitting at the counter ending relationships with these men because love for her is behind the counter, you know, it's like this coffee supplier. They're sitting with her at the counter because ultimately her love has always been behind the counter, right? Wow. Right? Mind blown. Because then we have Alex, Billy Burke, Charlie Swan. Yeah. We love to bring him up. He was opening a coffee shop and was sampling espresso with her. So like another man that's like who was presented really only as like means to keep her and Luke apart Mm -hmm. is another like coffee themed man because ultimately the coffee of her heart was waiting back in Stars Hollow. (laughs) The coffee of her heart. Wow. Yeah. But you know what that speaks to what we're what we're here to talk about today is that like yeah. this show is like just completely filled to the brim with yeah. symbolism, whether that's in the form of parallels, full circle moments, sometimes just coincidences. We actually opened yeah. up the floor on our Instagram stories for people to DM us about their favorite parallels and full circle moments. And it was right. interesting because we got a mixture of things where like people, people very unanimously agreed on parallels that they loved. Like we got several right. that were very similar, but then we got some that we kind of were like, I don't know if that's a full circle moment or more of a coincidence because we've also talked off pod about how like there are just moments that we feel like maybe Amy Sherman Palladino you know, and her writing team forgot they used that joke. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, is it a parallel or did you just use the same joke twice? Yeah. Like there's this moment where she mentions Ginsu knives in the beginning of season three and then Logan brings it up and it's just kind of like this like infomercial joke. And it's like, I don't think that's a parallel. I think you just forgot that you already used it. Totally. Which like, to be fair, I haven't seen many people talking about it. You're only going to watch, like, notice it unless you, like, really are obsessed with the show. So, like, we can give them that one. Like, mention it twice. Totally. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this show is so saturated with pop culture references, jokes, quips, sarcasm. Like, yeah. uh, of course you're going to forget that you used yeah. something. Like, no surprise. No judgment. I never watched Roseanne very closely, but someone said, mentioned on one of these videos that I made about parallels that she repeats jokes a lot and that some of the jokes from Gilmore Girls are in Roseanne because she wrote on Roseanne before she wrote <gasps> on Gilmore Girls. Wait, no um, way! 
in the same way that Tara has a TikTok pointing out jokes that get kind of repeated from Gilmore Girls in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I've never seen in full, but you have a video about that. I will definitely be putting out more TikToks about the similarities between uh, this season of Maisel and Gilmore Girls references because yeah. A, there were a ton of Gilmore Girls characters or a ton of Gilmore Girls actors on this season. Yeah. Oh my gosh, everyone sent me pictures of old um, Max. Max Medina. Max Medina. Yeah, and Jason. And Jason. They were both on this season. Perfect. And of course Milo and of course Kelly Bishop. I have noticed in the four seasons that Maisel has been out, a lot of similarities, a lot of yeah. similar jokes. I've only seen season ones. Oh, it's fantastic. And we'll we'll do a deep dive into that at some point on the pod. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll force Haley to watch sit it. down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and watch it. Non-stop motion. Just like fully... <laughs> Full episodes. Full out. From beginning to end. All of that is to say, I feel like there are a lot of times when we hear similar verbiage that's not necessarily a parallel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not necessarily a full circle moment. Do we want to address those? I don't want to make anybody feel dumb. No, it just, um, I get a lot of them on my account and I, I never want to make anyone feel dumb or like that they put something together that they feel like is connected. Because again, I feel like it's one of those things of like after an author has released a book and then goes on to like try to explain it to you about why you're wrong and why your takeaway from it is wrong. I just feel like that's, you shouldn't do that. What you took away from it is what you took away from it. And like, you should own that. Oh, totally. But I will say, I don't think that when Michelle uh, is dealing with the swans in season one and then Jess gets attacked by a a swan in season three, I wouldn't call that a parallel. I would just call that two mentionings of swans. And hey, listen, maybe the swans that Michelle had is one of the ones that got mad at Jess. Yeah, they waddled over from the Independence Inn. little swan march yeah totally and that's the swan that attacked jess yeah um but i just think it's just two times that they um that they mentioned swans yeah that's that's the thing it's like how do we differentiate those how do we differentiate between parallels full circle moments and just like a repetition of words i think it's what it contributes to the story because i mean what does that really contribute to the story that that swan that michelle was with is the swan that attacked jess it's funny um i like to imagine it but it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it It just it's two mentionings of swan so then what are some of your favorite parallels that have lent themselves well to the overall story of gilmore girls i know that you have a lot on your tiktok so people can of course go and sort of sift through all of your videos but i didn't know if there were any that stood out to you yeah well i have a hashtag hashtag gg parallel if you want to go on tiktok and tiktok only it's not on instagram but if you want to go and peruse them but my favorite one is definitely when i noticed that um right before rory and logan jump off the scaffolding and you jump by jump jack and logan says um it's your choice ace people can live 100 years without really living for a minute you climb up here with me it's one less minute you haven't lived and they say let's go and they go and she goes with him and they go and jump and then when they're kind of ending this iteration of their relationship um Rory thinks that they're not ending it Logan definitely thinks they're they are and let me hear your bell because ringing out after Jess leaves when they have the fight in the bar Logan says I want to go and Rory says I don't want to go and he says do whatever you want it's your choice and leaves so it's like this moment of like they mirror each other of it's your choice let's go and they both go and then in the second one it's let's go Rory doesn't want to go and he said it's your choice and he leaves alone and I thought that was like the most 
most subtle but best parallel I had noticed in the whole show, which it could be considered a full circle moment. That was literally what I was just about to ask. I was going to say, do you find that now in retrospect that that is more of a full circle moment, especially because it's sort of bringing a close to this chapter of their relationship, yeah. right? You I know, like, think it could be considered full circle because yeah. it's it's like this like defining moment in their relationship comes all the way back around to the same idea, the same, I guess, theme, like the same words. It's your choice and it goes differently. Like the idea of like same but different. What I find so interesting about that though is that I feel like not all parallels are full circle moments, but a right. lot of full circle moments could also have parallels attached to them. You know right. what I mean? Like you could find yeah. a lot of parallels to attach to full circle moments, but yeah. it's not always the reverse. Yeah, parallels can come all about in a lot of different ways. Like they can be like line for line. Like when in season one, when Rory says, uh, asks Lorelai if she's happy and she said, I am kid. She says that in season one and then she says it again in season five about Luke and season one about Max. So like, I feel like that's like literal line for line. But then I feel like there's ones that are like, I think it's in season two in the ins and outs of inns when Luke is trying to convince Lorelai to open her in um, and he says, you just jump. And then in season six, episode 22, Partings, which everyone knows I love, Luke says I can't just jump like that and so it's this kind of thematic parallel where it's like Luke is trying to convince Lorelai to jump into something new despite the fact that it feels unknown whereas Lorelai is now asking Luke to jump into something with her and he can't jump because it feels unknown Mm. so that feels more of like it's the same word but it feels more of like a thematic parallel to me Um, but then there's more ones that are like episodic where like the AB storylines are paralleling which if you know television or don't there's the main characters I would consider A storyline and then all of like the subsequent supporting characters have like B or even sometimes C storylines and in the season five which I think this is one that someone mentioned in our DMs Mm -hmm. on Instagram where Rory and Lane are kind of going through similar things yes in the episode where Rory is contemplating dropping out of Yale and Lane is contemplating dropping out of the band and breaking up the band and they both go to their mothers for help obviously we know how Rory's goes not very well Mm -hmm. but with Lane her mom takes it upon herself and sets up a tour for them and is like you're not going to give up you're not going to quit this and so it's kind of this like parallel within the episode which I wouldn't call a full circle moment I mean I'm sure you could like dive deep enough into find a full circle moment out of it Mm -hmm. but I think that that's more of like a episode parallel of two storylines that are going down the same path but ultimately end differently because of their mothers are yeah well and to that effect are there any parallels that you've either thought of and posted on tiktok or have like spoken to in the past that you realize in hindsight weren't actually parallels I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my desk recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. 
And if you dream of being cowgirls like us, or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it, and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. There are some that there's one that like I when I posted it, it's easy to say parallel because it's like something that people recognize. So it's like you get 60 seconds or three minutes, but I tend to keep mine shorter than 60 seconds to convey something. So saying a parallel in Gilmore Girls is really easy because you know kind of what you're going to get from my page. When Richard comes to Stars Hollow in Richard and Stars Hollow and he's talking about there was a diner at Yale where the food was crappy, but he liked to go because the couple would fight and he liked being there. And then in season six, episode 22, Partings, Rory is taking Logan after his graduation to a rest- an Italian restaurant near Yale where the food is crappy, but they like to go and listen to the couple fight. And I like to think of this like fan fiction universe where like when Richard was at Yale, it was this really young couple who opened a diner with really crappy food. And then by the time Rory got there, they were really old and had an Italian restaurant. The diner had become an Italian restaurant. And so it's kind of like this like, LOL, this could be happening in the background. But I think that was just Amy using the same joke. And so I posted it as a parallel, but like knowing full well that like this was probably just a reused joke. It could have been, but I sort of love that idea of it not being, of it being a couple that they used to wouldn't that be cute yeah yeah I really really love that there is one though which I actually want to ask you about because people ask me about it all the time Uh on TikTok they're like do this parallel do this one I love it this is my favorite and I'm like I really don't like it I don't really understand it I mean I understand it but I'll explain it to you and I want I want to know what you think about it um because I always say that I'm going to talk about it and then I never do that's so funny I have no idea what you're about to say (laughs) I think you will once I start talking about it Okay. Okay. So in season five, 
you jump, I jump, Jack. Logan is walking to meet Rory and he has a plate of food in his hand and he walks up to Rory and she says, or she says, I think she says something along the lines of like, she's eaten already. Um, and he said, good, this is for me. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. <laughs> in season seven, Gilmore Girls only at Fake Mia's wedding. Fake Mia. Logan, not fake real Mia. Mia. Ugh. We're going to have an entire episode dedicated to We're just volleying back and forth <laughs> about fake Mia. Yeah. About fake Mia. Why do we need fake Mia? We didn't. Like, we didn't no. need fake Mia and we didn't need fake Tristan. I'm just saying. You know, they should just go be together somewhere together in fake land. And like, you know what? Ugh. I hope they are. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> fake Mia and Tristan forever. Um, <laughs> so they're at the wedding and Logan is leaning on the car outside and Rory brings out a slice of cake. And he said, you didn't have to bring me cake. And she says, I didn't. Um, and a lot of people want me to speak to that parallel or post about it. What do you What do you think about that? about that moment it's one i never clocked and so i always love uh hearing about new things that i never picked up on mostly because i like to pretend season seven doesn't exist um yeah but especially that part because i was just so bothered by the fact that they they replaced the actress who played mia for literally no reason why'd we even need to bring her back no we didn't there could have been any reason why didn't they fly down there <laughs> yeah it, it was all it was all very odd all of season we'll talk about season seven at another time but it was just all very strange anyway feels like a really bad dream but i never clocked that so i love discovering like new things like that that could be deemed as parallels i understand why people think of it that way yeah it's interesting because definitely shows their growth as a couple because clearly they're at odds in season yeah. seven and in yeah. season five when this happens they have barely scratched the surface of yeah. how they feel about each other in fact i'd venture a guess that the feelings aren't even really there yet it's just like no. this playful little something and when he arrives at mia's wedding they're in a fight they're yeah. at odds it's not good no he messed up i think that there are there are definitely strokes there that could be deemed as a parallel but the way that i'm feeling about how you're asking me makes me think that you do not feel this is a parallel so i would like to know what you think and like that's the thing is like i don't want to ever be like i'm the authority on this this is and this is not a parallel if you would like to see that as a parallel that's fine that sounded really rude and really aggressive i will backtrack a little bit and i'll say no sparkly heart <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. Just it just simply for me, it just feels like it's it feels like the Rory and Richard talking about the restaurant at Yale, where it just feels like this is something that happened twice and now we're seeing it happen. Because like those moments don't really feel like we're in the same sort of moment. I mean, maybe it's just repeating the action. And if you like it and it's a cute little moment for you, keep it as a little parallel in your heart. No reason not to. Yeah, I think it's a very cute moment and could could be it could be parallel. yeah i could totally see why people think it is yeah and one of the reasons at the end of the day i don't really like putting those two moments next to each other because they don't seem to really have anything to do with each other mm. it's more of like if the season seven writers were going to parallel something in that moment there were so many better options given the situation that they were in because like pulling this back from season five maybe they were just wanting to throw back to something early in their relationship to see how far they've come like you said Mm -hmm. but why didn't we have maybe like a throwback to rory and logan sitting on the couch in partings when she's saying he's asking rory to tell him not to do this and she says i can't do that and then he comes down and says i left my dad's company of his own accord of his own volition he made the decision 
to do that without asking anyone about it. He just made the decision and went with it and now was coming to tell her about it. I feel like we could have pulled back to that because it was like the exact opposite of that moment of like mm. he didn't ask anyone. He just knew what it was right. He knew how to handle it and go forward with it. Whether or not I actually think Logan in an Amy season would have done that, it's neither here nor there. But I think there were other ways to make that if you wanted a parallel there to put one there. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that we could and will do an entire episode about what season seven could have done better. Yeah. (laughs) Because to that effect, one of the reasons is, do you consider things parallels in season seven to the rest of the series? Because I don't really. Here's the thing. I don't ever want to insult the writers of season seven by constantly reassuring everybody who listens to this podcast that I cannot stand season seven. And it was very clear that they did not capture, in my opinion, the same essence that Gilmore Girls was from seasons one through six but it's kind of well known they didn't they really didn't down to the camera angles that show did not look the same in season seven so I don't ever want to insult writers because I know that they did keep a lot of the same writing team right no they actually didn't there's only two there's only two writers from the previous seasons that have credits as writers on season seven and one of them had only been there since season five and the other since the beginning of season six that speaks volumes about sort of their knowledge on the show what i'm about to say is going to sound really harsh and i'm not i don't do we need a sparkly heart after we need a sparkly heart after this one before and after this one i am not saying this to insult anybody but i don't know that the writers knew the show well enough to create a parallel like that yeah and hey maybe i'm wrong and one day if i meet one of those writers and like hey I heard about what you said about me on Gilmore to say back in 2022 I'd be like well I watched all of season seven (laughs) totally I don't think the framework was there for them to really know yeah I will give them the credit of like taking on a six season show that's so beloved as Gilmore Girls like it had more of a cult following at the time I feel like it's only become more popular as it got put on Netflix and then with the revival it was such a huge feat to take that on and add another season to mm-hmm. it and make it feel the same especially with the sort of dialogue that Amy Sherman Palladino was throwing at you yeah she had her fingerprint in every line of the show yes. like she was so invested in the way that everything was happening and that care and consideration wasn't in season seven and I only say that because it can't really be replicated so I right. do recognize like the huge feat of it but we'll talk about this in a season seven yeah we'll episode. actually get into the nitty-gritty of it but I, yeah. I'm glad you issued that caveat because this is not an insult to the writers it's just no. that it, it was an absolutely big undertaking to try and replicate an energy that is so unique and so special yeah. and something that they had spent six years really building it's just it's yeah. hard it's it's challenging and everyone always wants me to bring that one up on tiktok but i like it never want to be like don't like it no sparkly yeah. heart like well this is still it. it in 60 seconds and yeah. like be able to say it coherently and yeah. concisely because i'm just kind of like no it just gives me the ick for some reason <laughs> well i think because we know that it probably wasn't an intentional one we can guess yeah. that some of the ones between seasons one and six might have been intentional because we value amy's eye and yeah. and in season seven we we didn't have amy's eye so yeah that's just that that makes sense to me but yeah. i'm glad that you brought that up because i do think that that speaks to the reality that whether whether it was season seven or it wasn't not everything is a parallel which is and right. not everything is a full circle moment what's interesting about bringing up season seven in this conversation mm-hmm. is that to start that was the finale that we got right the end yeah. of season seven was the finale in 2007 oh, i remember sitting there on tuesday night watching the cw watching it unfold really 
Yeah, I was thoroughly furious. So upset. Well, of course, of course you were. I, I think that if I felt the way you did about Logan, I would probably have felt that as well. Yeah. But then, of course, as everybody knows, we got this revival in 2016, which yeah. we were all excited for, not just for the nostalgia, not just for the fact that, like... We got to go home. The show, exactly. We got to come home again. The show had been ended sort of without any warning. They got this call, like, hey, it's yeah. not going to happen again. Yeah. But Amy got to come back and end the show the way she always wanted to, which I think is incredibly special. Yeah. That's so rare for a writer to, like, have a canceled show or, like, leave their show in the way she did and get to end it the way she wanted. Oh, so special. Yeah. However, what it did within the fandom, the way that yeah. it ended set us on fire (laughs) oh it lit everybody on fire but the thing is amy speaks to the reality that she created a lot of full circle moments in the revival namely the full circle moment that takes place at the end of the revival and what that did which we sort of spoke to in the last episode it created the mindset of paralleling these characters with one another right that i don't think we would have had had we not had the revival like when we all left season seven yeah i don't think anybody attributed jess to being Rory's Luke. No. Of course, we always would compare Lorelai and Rory, but I don't really think many people- Like, did you watch the show? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's the point. But I think that the end of the revival left everybody with this impression that because it's a full circle moment and because Amy spoke to that- that Yeah, she said that this revival was full circle. Yes. But I think that the fandom has taken that, and I and I am included in that. I said that yeah. in the last episode that I was like, oh, okay. So the symbolism here is that Lorelai is Rory, Logan is Chris, and Jess is Luke. If we want to just yeah. whittle it down to those three slash six characters. Because some people like to throw in like Max and Tristan and Jason and Marty and mix them all up in like a candy oh. grab bag. But like, like they never really quite make it to me because like, she was never with Marty and Tristan. She very much was with Max and Jason. It just feels like... Well, we could go on about it forever. And the thing is, we already spoke to the similarities between Chris and Logan in Like Father, Like Daughter. Yeah. The fandom didn't get there out of nowhere. There are yeah. so many similarities between a lot yeah. of these characters. And not to mention that Amy did give an interview saying that she put Logan on the show to have Rory date someone like her father. Of course. So it's it's not out of the it's box. It's not that hard to make the leap. No, but I think the biggest leap is and I say this as a team Jess stan is that Jess is Rory's Luke yeah I love your thoughts on that what do what do you think about that no sparkly heart okay (laughs) all right I understand yeah I I totally understand but I also think that there are a lot of ways in which they are similar not just because they're blood related yeah DNA That's her step cousin. <laughs> I know. But I get it. They didn't grow up as cousins. Related. Like, yeah. No. They they are, but they're related in a they very are. like benign capacity where like yeah. sorry, Lorelai and Luke, but like Yeah, they were Mackin long before Lorelai and Luke were Mackin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing is that like they still have a lot of similarities in the roles yeah. that they play in Lorelai and Rory's lives respectively. Yeah. That I get why people think that, but I don't I think people too, yeah. would have thought that at the end of season seven. No. Do you? No. That's another thing that's like hard because like we just spoke about season seven wasn't supposed to be the real season seven. The revival was supposed to be involved in it. The storyline of it in some way that we were going to get a season seven and a season eight. Where would we have really left off in the series? But I think even at the end of season 
2006. Like, if we want to just take it to, you know, the Paladino purist in us all and end at season six, episode 22, Partings, the best episode of Gilmore Girls, and end it there, I didn't see it, you know? I've talked in, like, previous episodes that I see Jess as more of, like, a guide character for Rory, that in season six, he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why did you drop out of Yale? Oh, sometimes I just wish that there was cursing on the show. Why the fuck did you drop out of Yale? Well, I think that's why she is cursing up a storm in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, because she was like, I couldn't do this on the WB. Yeah. Though I do, I've, I take that back. I think Why Did You Drop Out of Yale hits way harder without any sort of... Oh yeah, sometimes things hit harder without any cursing. But yeah, that's what I love about Maisel is that it's just like free range to just curse yeah. whenever you want to. I have to watch. But so he, in that moment in season six, is like very much guiding her. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves. He goes. And then again, in the revival, we have this moment where Jess is, he's the one that tells her to write the book. But he just drops that little tidbit and then he goes. Mm-hmm. And they don't really interact beyond that, except when she like sees him at the end on the porch and is like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> and he look and he has that, that look through the window. Yes. But up until season six, it just kind of seemed like you could draw a lot of parallels between Jess and Chris because here we have Jess as someone who, I think we talked about this, where he kept leaving. He never stuck around. The things that he said didn't necessarily feel like they added up to what he was capable of, especially in season four, episode 21, last week fights, this week tights, when he comes to her dorm room begging her to leave. It seems like he was saying the right things maybe, but there was no real depth to them, which feels like Chris to me and I can see the way that Luke and Jess are similar because it's like this the trope of like grumpy sunshine you know where it's like one of them is like the grumpy guy who like only loves you hates the rest of the world which we can totally be said of Jess and of Luke and then we've got the sunshine which is Lorelai and Rory yeah Rory to a much dimmer sunshine maybe like a sunset (laughs) after the sun has set it But maybe like a sunset. Or lays like a noon sunshine. <laughs> I don't get unhappy looking at a sunset. Yeah. Um. Well, to that end, you know, Luke obviously had Rachel. So we knew that he had yeah. some sort of meaningful relationship. And then Anna Nardini gets thrown into the mix. But when we meet and Jess. Nicole. Oh my God. Yes. And Nicole. Ugh. Yeah. She's forgettable. I love to forget Nicole because yeah. I just could not stand her. With Jess, when we see him in the revival, which is seemingly around the same time that we would have met Luke in the pilot because we don't necessarily know how old Luke is. Yeah, we'd have to cut him open and find out. Exactly, we'd have to count the rings. But with Rory, she's 32, which is the same age that Lorelai was when we meet her in the Mm -hmm. pilot. So let's just expect that Jess is now around the same age that Luke would have been. Yeah. Maybe a little younger, but he's single. He is a bachelor. And that is... He says, what does he say? Because she asks about his personal life and he says stable. And I just like, what a weird way to explain that you don't don't have a relationship. Yeah. And that's the thing is that Luke was also a mystery. Luke was a... mysterious man when it came to romance at least for the first half of season one until Rachel gets brought up in concert interruptus and it's like who the fuck is this chick who's Rachel like yeah what so I understand the similarities there and the fact that they're pining for a Gilmore girl yeah but like get in line Jess everyone's pining for a Gilmore girl Well, specifically Rory Gilmore. Well, yeah. And there are ways in which people pine for Lorelai, and we'll talk about that when we talk about the revival. But I think that with Jess being the guide character, as you've spoken to a lot in our episodes, Luke was kind of that for Lorelai as well. Like, Jess yeah. encourages Rory to write her book. Luke encouraged Lorelai the entire way to open her in. Yeah. So, in a sense, I feel like Luke was a guiding light for her right. throughout the duration of the series. And that's why yeah. I think I understand why. 
people attribute Jess to, to playing a similar role that Luke right. played in Lorelai's life in Rory's. Yeah, I think that it's it's really easy to see it based on these like two interactions that happen in the revival because I think that like everything else is like kind of just like makes sense that Jess would be like Luke because in season two what was interesting about Jess and Luke was that Luke was trying to parent teenage him it felt like in some ways like I think that that was kind of what was interesting is like they were butting heads so hard because Jess is as stubborn as Luke Jess Mm. is like as uncommunicative as Luke Jess like kind of fell off his way and like needed to be kind of picked up but wasn't allowing anyone to do that and I think that that's a lot of why we see their similarities because he is his uncle and like he did try to like take him in and I think that's what makes Luke and Jess's storyline interesting is how similar they are Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that them being similar then equates back to Rory and Lorelai being similar like that connection of it because I feel like the connection that people make of the parallel is just a couple of scenes from the revival to kind of like tie it all together. I mean, I also think that it's the framework that Lorelai had Chris and Chris seemingly was always a love interest. Like, yes, they knew each other from a very young age and Rory and Logan meet when they're in college, which is still young, but not, not that young. Yeah. But they were never friends. Logan and Rory were never really friends. They had like this quippy witty banter and that was clearly flirty. And then they started dating. Yeah. Jess and Rory, of course, had like, they had feelings for each other very early on. Very flirty. But, and I know you and I sort of disagree on this because we've talked about this in past episodes, they had a friendship in the same way that I feel Luke and Lorelai had a friendship. There was always the flirting, the coffee, but they were friends. Like, she would go to him with friendship type things. And we don't know what has transpired between Jess and Rory off screen, but these like big pivotal moments where she needs someone to sort of like light a fire under her ass, he's the one that's doing it I will say if like if we want to call it like a friendship it's very early on I mean of course they're Luke and Lorelai are definitely friends we're better as friends as we've talked about before that there's this idea of Luke really early on identified that he liked Lorelai or at least to the audience because he was like trying to ask her out in that double date episode mm-hmm. it's like very clear he's kind of pining for her in some ways and double date was pretty early on in season one and then with Jess in season season four episode 21 when he comes to her dorm room says that like basically I knew I was supposed to be with you from the moment that I saw you two years ago so you know that when he goes into this friendship with her it's all because he has feelings for her and it's not really like a here I am arguing (laughs) your side of it Mm -hmm. which is that there's validity to it well and that they both really realized that they loved these women from a book from a book the same book (laughs) yeah I just feel like that makes a lot more sense for Jess um which is like what's so beautiful about it being Luke who listened to a fucking audiobook. I think from my perspective, it's always been, do we want to distill Luke and Lorelai's relationship to just being what Jess and Rory were? But the, the word that really gets me here is like, could be. It's more of like a, this is what I would expect to happen from what I've seen, mm. potentially, maybe. Yeah. Because Logan is Chris, he is going to be an absentee father. Right. And because Jess is Luke, Jess is going to help raise this baby. And I think that that would be such an insult to Jess's character. It seems like Rory's going to settle in Stars Hollow. There's nothing wrong with settling in your hometown. Like, she needs a village to help her raise a baby. Maybe she's going to move to Hartford, move into the Huntsberger mansion. But I think it'd be a disservice to Jess's character to have him come back to Stars Hollow to help raise Rory's baby. Like, Jess deserves more than that. And as many gripes as I have with 
with the character of Logan. I also think it's kind of an insult to Logan's character that he's not going to show up. Yeah. I feel like Logan would totally be there. Yeah. He's in in such a different place than Chris was, which to that effect, I think that because Lorelai and Rory make so much sense naturally, like you don't even have to explain it. Like that's the whole show. And then Chris and Logan, again, so much in common that you really just, it's so obvious and so there. As much as I like riled against it in the beginning, (laughs) like I very much see it. With Luke and Jess, it feels like you're having to like think about it a little bit more Mm. and like apply possibilities to it as opposed to like concrete things well there's also a lot of hope there and it's more about jess and luke's relationship than anything yeah because i guess at the end of the day what sort of purpose does it serve to the show because just before the revival came out there was an interview that amy gave which was like stop focusing on the boyfriends Mm -hmm. it went a lot of different ways about the revival but the main one is it's about these girls it's about rory and lorelei and emily gilmore it's about the gilmore girls and she's always said that the relationship with these boys inform their relationship and do you think that having these relationships parallel so perfectly like people want them to do you think that that adds to the relationship adds to the narrative to the storyline between these two characters in a purposeful way the two characters being Lorelai and Rory Lorelai and Rory yeah you know I think it does and it doesn't for so long I think we watched even as they sort of grew in very parallel directions as the series unfolds we see a Mm -hmm. lot of Lorelai comparing her life to Rory at her age and there were a lot of disconnects there it was her sort of giving the same spiel that Logan does of like I didn't feel like I had a choice I didn't feel like I had any other options I had one door that I was staring down and she ended up not going through it right she built her own door she moved to Stars Hollow she started her own life and she subsequently didn't want the same life for Rory that she had she wanted grander things whatever that means and so I do think that it would lay some sort of foundation for the two of them to have common ground in that it's like oh well you're going through what I went through just at a different time so maybe but in like a less intricate way than I would ever expect Amy Sherman Palladino to build a story I think that's a thing it just feels so easy easy like it feels kind of in some ways like boring Mm. that like I know a lot of people want like a second revival whatever if this is what you want and this is what you got from it why would we need a second revival to just watch the same things unfold just go right back around to the beginning of the series and call or like Rory and there's your revival there's your revival you get seven seasons Yeah, the last one's not very good. (laughs) So six and some change seasons. But what's interesting is that I do think, obviously Amy spoke to the revival acting as like the closing of the gap with this full circle moment. Yeah. What I do think she intended to do was to, with Rory saying those last four words and telling her mom that she's pregnant. She did intend for that to come full circle in the sense that like, no, Rory's not 16 years old, but Rory is very unprepared given where she is in her life right now. She is just kind of flailing and doesn't really have any frame of reference as to what she's going to do next. She has this book in the same way that like, you know, Lorelai had things to look forward to as a 16 year old girl. Everybody does. But like Rory has this book, but like kind of no direction in her life. 
and now she's pregnant. That is where the similarity lies. That is where the full circle, for me at least, like where that full circle comes. Yeah. They got pregnant unexpectedly and at periods of time in their life when they were not prepared for it. Right. And I do think that there's like a nice little something that lends itself to the reality that she is getting pregnant at the same age that we met Lorelai in the pilot. Yeah. I think that's fun. That was clearly not intentional because she intended to do that at the end of uh, season seven or season eight. But that to me was like the full circle moment. I don't know if you agree, but... Yeah, to, to some degree. Yeah, yeah, it felt like, Mom, I'm pregnant at this time when I am not prepared, which is exactly what happened with Lorelai. Yeah, like that is what she was communicating in that moment of like, you can... I'm not about to quote Hannah Montana. You can change your hair and you can change your clothes. You can change... Uh, but you always find your way back home. It's not Taylor Swift and I have notes. Um, Actually, that song was written by Taylor Swift. Shut your mouth. Are you no. kidding me? Yeah, she For wrote... Real? Uh, you always find your way back home. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. That's yeah, hilarious. So <laughs> brought it full circle. I love You know, that. our own little full circle moment. Yeah. But that's kind of the thing is like you always find your way back home. You'll always kind of end up as your parents, which I think is why people want that parallel to work is because if she's pregnant at 32, is it enough of a parallel for someone who got pregnant at 16 and moved to Stars Hollow, like to have their love life match up so perfectly? Mm. So it's like, is that something then that people are kind of forcing onto the show because they're not so sure? sure about the full circle moment that was given to us in the show from Amy. Well, I think a lot of that is because people don't love the end yeah. of the revival. And I understand because it leaves us on a deep, deep, deep cliffhanger. I say open ending yeah. as opposed to cliffhanger. Yeah, it just was very abrupt. I was not expecting that to be the end. The, end. It, it, the screen went black and my jaw, I, I kid you not, remained yeah. on the floor for a solid five minutes i was like that's um next episode i don't want to watch cake boss i want to watch another episode of gilmore girls revival it was insane so i'm curious how do you feel about those four final words i think we'll have to talk about that on the next episode Make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now because we will have a new episode out every Tuesday as we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast where there'll also be more to see.